What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Sober Plug Podcast, where we get you disconnected from addiction and plugged into recovery. I'm your host, Connor Duffy. If you need help with recovery resources, you can reach out to my personal number. It is 203-917-8862. Again, that is 203-917-8862. So I hope everybody's having a tremendous morning and had a great weekend. Um, I'm going to jump right into it. Today's podcast is basically going to be about setting yourself up for success in recovery. And a lot of times we don't need to know everything, but we need to know a few things that are important to avoid. And so what I want to talk about are three key factors that you can really focus on to make sure that your recovery not just starts off as a success, but ends up as a success throughout. And the first thing that I want to talk about is obviously relapse prevention. Obviously, what a relapse is when you have a little bit of time in recovery and you've been sober for a little bit and then we end up going back to our drug use or our alcohol use, whatever it is that you're using. So relapse prevention is a really important tool to utilize. And what I like to break down what I like to break down when I think about relapse prevention, one of the things that I really like to tell people about is like people, places, and things. These three things right here are really important. You got to think about what are the people, what are the places, and what are the things that are triggering to you? What are in these situations, right? What are the the things, what are the people that remind you of using? Who are the people that you need to stay away from? Old toxic friends, it could even be family members. It could be distant family members. It could be um, co-workers. Make a list and really think about the people in your life that you've been using with or that are directly or indirectly correlated with your drug use. Obviously, drug dealers, I think that that doesn't need to be even stated. But, you know, we have to create an awareness and an understanding of who these people are because we need to we need to avoid them. We need to avoid them at all costs or at the very least build some distance if it is a family member or something like that and build boundaries because here's the thing. If you think you're going to hang around the same people that are getting high and drinking and you're going to remain sober, you're out of your fucking mind. You know what I mean? It's just a matter of time before you're having a bad day, maybe your emotions are getting to you and whatever the case may be, you know, you end up around a certain individual and all of a sudden they have drugs on them and, and a pill seems really, uh, seems really nice and really would feel really good and provide a lot of relief in that moment, you know? So making sure that we are aware of the people that are toxic to us is important. And, and a lot of people have trouble setting boundaries. I know I did. I, I really did. I got along. Um, I got along great with a lot of the kids that I got high with and that I used with. And, and we didn't just have in common the drug use, you know what I mean? But it was a heavy part of a lot of the relationships that I had in my life. And, and, and so, you know, I needed to be honest with myself and, and really build that distance because if I didn't, like my life was on the line. And even though these are uncomfortable conversations and, and you know, uncomfortable 
could be uncomfortable for people to set boundaries because a lot of times what you'll find is people that are, are using what I've noticed is a lot in a lot of patterns with people is that we're people pleasers. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people that we just have a really hard time setting these boundaries and, and stating what we want and having that self-worth, right? Because if you think about boundaries, what is it? Boundaries are basically making a statement of what it is that you need for yourself. And we're not used to doing that because um, we don't act out of self-love. We, we act out of things that are basically re reconfirming self-hate, you know, and, and going to these negative vices that don't promote self-love. Self so this is why we have difficulties. Um, and of course, like how we grow up plays into that too. But a lot of times we have difficulties with these boundaries. And the truth is, is like, you got to put your life over your friends. You know what I mean? And, um, a lot of times too, what you will find is if you do stick to your guns and, and you get sober and you lead your own life, you'll find a lot of your old friends will actually come to you at a later time just from you leading by example. And I've seen this countless times. I've helped a lot of people from my hometown and people that I grew up with get sober. And, uh, and it's simply because I knew what I needed to do and set my boundaries and, and, uh, and I was in a position to do so simply because I stayed sober, you know, but if I went back and got high and I kept hanging out with the old toxic friend group, none of, you know, no one would have, would have gotten help, you know, but most importantly yourself, you got to put yourself first. So, um, obviously, uh, yes, the, the people are a big one, but places as well, obviously like driving around certain areas, um, going to certain places, obviously like bars, even weddings, like weddings are, are some, are things that you might need to avoid for a little bit. And just to give you a quick little, um, I remember I was about six months clean and I, you know, I was really in a good place in my recovery. I was, and I told my sponsor about this wedding. I, my mom knew about it. And honestly, the wedding was with people that I did not use with. They were, matter of fact, I think they were, they were people that I went to church with when I was younger. You know what I mean? It was a healthy environment. It was not a, uh, it wasn't like a, something that I was really worried about, to be quite honest with you. And, and also like drinking wasn't even my main drug of choice by any means. Like I didn't, I didn't really have a quote unquote, an alcohol problem other than certain brief time periods of my life but my main drug of choice were fucking oxy you know opioids like oxy and heroin and and things like that and benzos so I really wasn't too worried about going to a wedding and long story short I mean I ended up going and it was a little bit of a stressful time you know and I think a little part of that was just maybe not being fully comfortable in my in my skin at that time um and but, you know, seeing alcohol and the open bar and everything and, you know, just seeing people get a little loose, it uh, it was attractive to me. And so that's why I just think being prepared and not saying you need to necessarily avoid weddings, but like you just want to make sure you cross your T's and, and dot your I's and, and let people know if you are going to go to certain events, like you, you let them know beforehand and really be responsible as you can obviously other places like drug dealer drug dealers homes and going down certain streets uh these are places that we need to avoid bars that's that i shouldn't even have to say that you know what i mean there's no reason to be at a bar if you plan on like 
staying sober, but but going to the bar on the weekends, like, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just kind of foolish, you know. It doesn't matter if you're young or if you're older. It's just not a place where you need to be. If, like, if your real priority is to stay clean, then you shouldn't be going to bars, you know. So, um, and things, the, the people, places, and things. Things, the last piece of this relapse prevention is, like, this could be anything from music to certain objects like tinfoil or, you know, pens or obviously like paraphernalia, needles, shit like that. Um, and also things like attitudes and behaviors like anger, for instance. Anger could definitely be a trigger. You know, it was for me, big time. Certain emotions that pop up. These are things that we need to be aware of. So making a list of these things and just bringing that awareness and understanding what presses your emotional buttons that you know cause a response within you that make you uncomfortable and make you want to use these are things that we got to really list and we need to put roadblocks in front of this shit you know what i mean certain music comes on like we turn it off you know what i mean or avoid it completely like um for instance you know when I had my gambling addiction, I know that this is obviously a little bit of a different topic when it comes to gambling, but I absolutely love sports. I could not watch sports for about a year. You know what I mean? I, I had to uh, I had to do what I needed to do and really not put any focus into that whatsoever because it was going to end up hurting me more than, than it did anything like provide entertainment or relief. You know what I mean? I was constantly thinking about the lines and, you know, who I would have bet and all this bullshit, you know what I mean? And, and now it's not a problem at all, but that was definitely something that I needed to, um, be mindful of. And I needed to make that decision, which wasn't easy, but and there might come a time too where where you know things like weddings and and even going to a bar like like a bar slash restaurant environment in the future might not be an issue but like an early recovery you really just have to you know focus on yourself and and do what you need to do to avoid any type of temptations you know so that is number 1 is the relapse prevention is setting yourself up for success and recovery and that is coming up with a relapse prevention plan and implementing these roadblocks in these different areas. The number number two, what I want to get into is avoiding major decisions. Um, this is a big one, you know, especially especially ones, especially decisions that cause emotional distress. You know what I mean? Like moving across the country, uh, get you know, getting married spending lots of money on certain things, uh, career change that would cause a lot of instability and stress. The, the reason for this is because a lot of times we bite off more than we can chew. And when we get sober, we come to certain realizations that maybe we haven't thought about in a long time. And, um, and so we need to give ourselves a little bit to actually settle in and get stable and look at things from a healthy perspective, you know, and we can be very, um, you know, we can act very urgent or what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, reactionary, we can like react and kind of make quick decisions that we might regret later on. You know what I mean? So I think 
avoiding major decisions is, is really important because we really just want to keep shit simple. There's a phrase that I like and it's keep it simple, stupid. And, um, you know, just implementing a daily routine, working on ourselves, working on our, on our mind, body, and soul and, and trying to avoid these big decisions in life because what happens with big decisions, big decisions create big stresses and they create change. And we're already dealing with enough change. You know what I mean? We're already, um, you know, creating enough, I don't want to say inner turmoil, but, but certain discomforts that we need to adjust to. And when you throw different things into the mix, you're really just making your life a lot harder unnecessarily, you know? So even in the sense of like, you know, if you've been with a partner for let's say three years, you know, and you've been battling with your addiction during that three years and you guys have plans on getting married uh, in the next six months to a year, I, I would, you know, I'd put that off a little bit and it might sound silly and you might laugh at that, but it's just the truth. Like when we get sober, we come to a lot of realizations and we need to do a lot of work on self, you know? And so sometimes when we're fresh off of, you know, like using or drinking for a year, three years, five years, 10, 20 years, we are coming out of this fog and um, we come to realizations. It's almost like being born again, you know, and, and it's exciting. It's good shit, but, but we also need to really keep things simple and stick to a, a simple process so we don't get overwhelmed because when we get overwhelmed, we make choices that aren't healthy for us and our emotions run high, they run low and that's the complete opposite of what we want in recovery. You know, there's a saying I really like, and it's, and it's the, the great thing about getting sober is you get your emotions back. And the bad thing about getting sober is you get your emotions back, you know? So it's enough to, to handle it the right way and to start to, you know, um, implement getting into a groove, so to speak, of staying sober. And that should really be your main focus. And, and instead of dealing with all these major life changes, like, you know, switching, switching careers, like I said, getting married, if maybe you don't know yourself too well yet, maybe the last thing you should do is be getting married and, um, or moving across the country or making like massive financial decisions, you know, because, you just want to take it easy. <laughs> you just want you just want to take it slow. Right? And it doesn't mean that these things can't develop at a later time. I'm not telling you to not get married. That's not what I'm saying. Or maybe a career change is exactly what you need, right? But you want to make sure you're in a healthy mindset where you know what you're doing and you have a plan. And that takes time. And you have to get to know yourself first, which brings me into number three. And that is dating yourself. This is huge. This is so fucking important. You know, um, this is avoiding relationships uh, within the first year. And this is obviously if you aren't in one already. Um, Sometimes, you know, we're already in a relationship and obviously that that's not who I'm speaking to here. But even even so, even in that 
specific situation, we do need to date ourselves. You got to get to know who you are because we've been drowning out our emotions, our feelings, and our thoughts for a long time. And so a lot of times we have no idea. We have no idea who the hell we are and it scares the shit out of us. A lot of us lose our identity throughout our addiction. It becomes our identity. It's a full-time job and it pays in misery. We're constantly worried about how I'm going to get the money for it. Who am I going to screw over? Uh, you know, is the drug dealer going to answer me today? I got to get to the liquor store before it closes. Like it's, you know, we're constantly focused on that and it's a full-time job and it eventually, like I said, it pays in misery. And so a lot of times at the end of our using, at the end of our addiction, we're tapped and we're spiritually bankrupt mentally emotionally physically and spiritually bankrupt so we need to definitely we need to get to know ourselves quite a bit this is very important you know and and um and yeah so i'm i'm speaking from experience here on this one too and so just to be fully transparent you know i i uh i was about six months sober when I started dating someone, you know, and um, I told myself, eh, you know, it's going to, I'm just trying to have fun. It's not going to, uh, I actually talked about it with my sponsor and my sponsor was like, dude, like, do not get involved and just get to know yourself and do your own thing and let's not complicate shit, you know, and I tell him, eh, like, listen, like, you know, I'm good. I'm, I'm just going to have fun and I'm not, it's not going to be anything serious. And eventually, obviously it did. It turned into something serious. And I, and I don't, I don't regret it in the sense of, uh, you know, she, she's an amazing woman and, and I'm super, super grateful, uh, for that relationship. I was actually with her for five years and I've got nothing bad to say, uh, about her whatsoever. And, you know, I, I, I'm, a big part of who I am today and what I do is, is contributed to her, you know, for real. I mean, she really helped make me the man I am today. And, um, so obviously I don't, I don't regret it in that sense. But what I, what I do know is that I just definitely was not ready to try to get to know someone else and, tried to be, you know, becoming emotionally available when I didn't even know what the fuck I was, you know what I mean? And, and when you think about a relationship and what it actually represents, it's not two people coming together that are completing one another. It's two complete people that join together as one, you know, that's really what a relationship should look like. And I think, I think a lot of people, you know, they feel like they are missing something and, you know, I'll speak for myself. Like I, I got really excited when the idea of, of being in a relationship seemed really cool and, and, uh, exciting to me. You know what I mean? Cause I, I wasn't focused on relationships whatsoever. I was just getting high for a long time. You know what I mean? So I, the, I definitely welcomed the idea of dating and, you know, and having fun and all that. And, and listen, there's nothing wrong with having fun and being single and mingling and shit like that. I'm, I'm not saying that, but, but I, 
but I really do think like getting to know yourself and dating, dating you and figuring out, I needed to figure out who Connor was, you know, I, I really did. And, um, I sold myself a little short on that and I, and I had a lot more growing to do, uh, emotionally, uh, mentally, spiritually, all the above, you know what I mean? And I was only 20 years old and you got to think like when you're using drugs for a long time, you basically stunt your growth from when you start, you know what I mean? And I started smoking weed at nine granted, you know, by the time I was like 11, it wasn't really, but by the time I was 11, it was pretty much a daily thing or close to it, you know? So I was very immature. I did not have anything to offer, you know, and I didn't know who the fuck I was. And so I really sold myself and, and her short, I think, on even being capable of having a healthy relationship. You know what I mean? And granted, like I said, it lasted five years and, and it was tremendous and it really played a big part for where I am today, no doubt in my mind. But, you know, I just think, like, that was one of the mistakes that when I look back early on, maybe that's, you know, something I would have definitely done differently. And when I sponsor people and when I was bringing people through the steps and shit like that, when I was involved in AA, that was, like, something that I was always very transparent about. And, And I'm honest about, you know, my past with it and what I learned from it. And, you know, relationships are kind of like I said, like it's supposed to be two full people, two complete people coming together and you you can't pour into anybody from an empty cup. And I was definitely coming from an empty cup. I mean, six months sober, my life did change quite a bit in that six months. I will say I did feel great. I I felt like uh, I was a different person. I, I felt excited about recovery. Um. But I just didn't know who I was. And also, like, on a whole different level, like, what comes with relationships, right? And this kind of bounces back into what I talked about in the last point. And number two is major life changes. And and so with relationships come, obviously, emotions. Like, no shit. You know what I mean? Those are the most intensive emotions that are going to come out of you whether it be passion, love and and intensity and anger and you know like so you get you get all of those emotions in a relationship and when you're new to recovery that's a dangerous place to be because when you end up going through hard times and if a relationship doesn't work out that's going to bring in some feelings that you don't want to face you know what I mean? Heartbreak is is one of the is one of the most devastating withdrawals you can go through in life, and uh, love can become like a drug itself. And so when you f- get yourself into these positions, you're just not quite ready for it, you know. And and even if you don't, even if you think you are, even if you think you are ready for it, you, you're putting yourself in a position that's not necessary. You know, when you think about the word recovery, what does the word recover mean when you think about it? And the word recover is to to gain back, to bring back. And what is it that we're recovering? We're recovering ourselves. Recovery is about recovering you, 
who you are as an individual. And that takes up all of our focus. That that really does take up all of our attention, all of our focus, because there's so much shit that we go through in our addiction. There's so many little intricacies and details to why we do what we do and and how we operate and figuring out who we are as a person and and figuring out deep down like digging deep and and figuring out what the fuck has been going on with me over the last however long I've been using and how am I going to fix this so throw another person into that who probably has their own issues because let's face it if you're brand new to sobriety like attracts like so you ain't going to be attracting people that are probably where you need them to be because if you aren't the person that you're supposed to be yet you're not going to attract the people in your life that are supposed to be in your life and this isn't judgment on anybody else by any means but you know we still have a lot more healing to do and when we don't give ourselves that time we attract people that also aren't healed you know so so these are three things that are really important you know and and this is really this is a quick guideline right here to set yourself up for success and recovery and um take it seriously take it from someone that that has been here and i've fucked up on all three of these (laughs) you know what i mean i'm not i'm not preaching to be someone perfect I'm, i'm trying to let you know like listen you can learn from my mistakes i've i've uh these are three areas that i could have definitely done better and and luckily you know luckily i didn't relapse or none of these ever um came back to bite me but i was pretty close on a few of them you know what i mean and so uh that's pretty much what i got today guys and listen if you could uh if you could rate the podcast i'd greatly appreciate it if you feel like you're in a position where you need a coach or you need something more in your life and recovery or you just need help getting sober altogether and you need resources let me know you can contact me at my line that is 203-917-8862 again that is 203-917-8862 and uh that's pretty much all I got for you guys. I hope you guys have a tremendous rest of the week. It's Tuesday morning at the time of this recording. And uh, much love, guys. I will see you on the next one.